0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Well, yeah, I'm just happy to be fresh out of uh, a fast fail, and I have figured a whole lot of stuff out, and I want to talk about building a startup team. You willing to have that conversation with me today, buddy? You know, it takes a good team
1: to win a championship, so absolutely. True, true. I got Patrick Mahomes.
0: It's true, but there's 10 other guys that got to show up and play because if they don't, if they don't, that's called the last Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's how that goes. Here We're back for part 23 of 52 of how to start a tech company. Today's episode of Startup Hustles brought to you by Trinet, the fastest way to HR expertise. Most of us know and understand that small to medium-sized businesses face unique HR challenges. Trinet is a full-service HR provider that offers 24-7 support. They can help you handle the toughest HR questions. So you're free to focus on your people and your growing business. Go to Trinet com to learn more or click the link in the show notes. You know, part of building a team is dealing with the human resources stuff that goes with it and also doing things like, well, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention that you and I are the founders and owners of FullScale. Go to FullScale.io and we build software teams. So, you know, man, all all businesses start with founder or founders So, do we have to start? Do we have to begin with ourselves? We uh, we are definitely the uh, the beginning of this thing for sure. Well, now I say that Matt because I think some people, uh, well, you ever know someone that wants to start a business but doesn't really want to be involved with the business? Absolutely. I mean, those don't work out. Those don't work out often.
1: Yeah, and and some people think like they're gonna buy a McDonald's and the McDonald's is going to make so much money that they can hire a team to run it. But really what they do, they start a franchise that only makes enough money to pay them as the general manager. And they got to be involved in the day-to-day business. Like there's just doesn't make enough money to hire professional management. So.
0: Yeah. Now, You know, so back to, I made that comment because some people, you know, absentee owners and absentee ownership uh, leads to shitty businesses really in the end. I mean, those are usually not uh, not well run. They have a whole, I mean, historically and statistically have a lot of issues. Now, when I say also begin with ourselves, if we're going to build a team and we're founders and we have a small lean uh, uh, unit, you know, anywhere from sometimes it's just one, And sometimes it's two, three, a small handful of people. Uh, When we begin with ourselves, we got to first start at like looking deep within and being honest about what we as entrepreneurs and people are just any good at. Yeah. Like, like what are you good at, Matt? Well, I don't even know. I mean,
1: (laughs) I I think I'm good at a lot of things, but... um... I don't, I don't think I'm great at any of them, but maybe that's my superpower. I don't know. But the, um, I think the key is, you know, when you start a new business, you need people that are good at sales and product development and operations and finances and all these different things, right? Are they all founders or are they employees? Right. And they can be one or the other. And, it, and part of it comes down to what you can afford. And it's like, you know, we can't afford to hire X, Y, Z. But we can give somebody shares and we can make them part of the team. Um, Like that's always the struggle you run into when you first start the company.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think it's not only what are you good at. I think it's also like, what are you passionate about and like doing? Because the thing is, is if you don't like doing something, you're probably just not going to do it. And if it's something that is a key role and key tasks and things that need to be done at your business, then it's going to fall by the wayside. And eventually you're going to have to go back and address your lack of attention to specific stuff. So, you know, like, I mean, Matt, when you think about like, okay, we've but it's and sorry to try or or tats off to Trinet because I don't like HR stuff. Like that stuff bores me. It's like very mechanical. It's just not really what I want to spend my time. So go to Trinet.com and let them help you. But, but you know, past that, like, that's something I don't like doing at the business. So that's, that's a good place to start. Uh, You have other things like, like basic accounting, or I don't know, like, what are a couple things that you just don't like to do or suck at at your business?
1: Well, it's like sales. I don't really enjoy doing sales related stuff, right? Like I'd rather be like in the basement somewhere in the science lab, like building cool shit. And then I'll let you figure out how
0: to sell it. Right. And well, that's worked well for us in the past. Yeah. So why not? Why, why deviate from it? But now I mentioned that cause you know, Matt and I are, uh, uh, while, Matt has owned, operated, exited, and works for other businesses other than the one we own together at Full Scale. I mean, part of what made us a good combination of co founders is we're good at different stuff. Like I like the sales stuff, I like promoting, I like getting out there, I like doing that stuff. Where I focused on that, and you helped us more with things that were related to how our development services uh, catered to clients, assessments, just a whole lot of different stuff, including the approach of creating a hybrid team between people that were in the United States and then our office in the Philippines. And, you know, like that, the thing is, is those are things that Matt Watson was very versed at, was very credible, was very experiencing firsthand and getting that input allowed me to go focus on other stuff. That's an example of beginning to build a team based around interests, abilities, and just all of it. Well, and
1: I think the other big one here is industry experience, right? When you're starting out a new company, they're like, we want to build a software and aerospace or I want to start a legal practice. Like, well, maybe one of the people should be a lawyer. That's part of the founding team, right? Like whatever it is you're doing, industry experience is a big one. Like, so if you want to start a tech company, probably should have a software developer, software engineer, technical person on the team, right? So um, whatever it is you're doing, somebody on the founding team needs to know what the hell they're doing in regards to the industry. And some of the other people may be less less critical, right? Um, But the more industry experience you have, by far the better,
0: Simply put, ident- you got to identify the key positions, what tasks need to be performed by each and then prioritize them. Because, you know, as Matt said, there's there's the ideal world and then there's the real world. And, you know, sometimes you just can't afford all of it. So, yeah, that's you know, when key. it comes to building, when it comes, yeah, we've talked about this a lot. And like some of the advice we give our clients at full scale is like, so what stage of business are you at? Okay. We're like, uh, like barely started. Uh, We've only got the budget for one software developer to build a tech platform. Okay. So don't find, so you need a Swiss army knife, not a sword. You need someone that's going to be able to do a lot of stuff and a lot. You can't afford, as you say in the past, you can't afford specialists yet.
1: Well, and and this is a problem with a lot of early stage startups, right? Is usually it's more product people that start the business because they're like, we have this great idea and we're going to go build this thing. They're not necessarily usually sales people. Um, And then when you first start the business, you're like, Hey, we're in R and D mode for the next year or two. Like even having a salesperson is less important unless they're helping doing market validation or finding early customers or POCs and stuff like that. But sure as hell, not a lot of commission to go around and and hard to pay them and hard to justify paying them 200 grand a year on all that kind of stuff. Right. So then you, you have to quickly get to the point where you can afford that person so that you can have like a credible sales team so that that's always one of the catch-22s when you start out is is having this the right sales leadership and talent and those guys are expensive very expensive
0: yeah and that's why i mentioned like the once you identify the key positions well okay matt in that same role that you just mentioned you might not need a a chief financial officer
1: No hell no
0: because you don't have any money coming in, it might Hell all be no. going out. But yeah. you might. But if you're building a tech company, much like the series is about, you know, having someone that's a, a CTO yeah. is might be a better position because you get higher level guidance and and more experience. And what does your company do? Like, you know, like like you you mentioned you used the legal example earlier. You and I should not start a legal services startup. No. No. We don't have any experience in the industry. But and, if we were going to create and a legal... Going, elite, yeah. But we could start like a legal software business, right? But maybe we should have like a lawyer join the team. Because that person could actually give us some insight about what the pain points are about what they do. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just flying blind. And I we see people start companies and startups all the time around shit they don't know anything about. And I don't know where that comes from. And, you know, like the, like I said, that's a... That's that's not a good approach. Now, when it, it, it comes to the build it, go ahead. I was going to say about like me and you starting
1: like a health foods business, but like we don't know shit about like manufacturing food. Like, can you imagine all the? We're being problems? healthy. Yeah, well, that too. But can you can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine all the problems we would run into? Like, we have no idea. Like, like FDA
0: and like like we have no idea what we're doing. We 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 would fail fast. not, not to, not to, not to mention like two people with no desire experience or skill at cooking or creating anything, anything culinary. Now I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm great at eating stuff, but the, 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 all, everything that occurs on the way up to that point, not, not great at, and I don't enjoy, um, you know, and, and, and that I I do want to actually kind of flip that back to the very beginning of this episode, man, we're talking about things you like doing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's okay to build your company and structure it around the things you do and don't like doing. It doesn't absolutely. mean that you're not going to have to do shit that you don't want to do. But I mean, it like <clears throat> I learned pretty quickly when I when I became an entrepreneur that finding people to do the things that I didn't want to do and that I wasn't good at was a really really smart move. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, so Matt, Matt, whether you have full-time or part-time employees in one or many states, each scenario does have unique requirements. And Trinet gives you accurate, compliant payroll. It's all in a single platform with benefits. And at the end of the day, it's about paying people on time without distraction and hassles. So go to trinet.com to learn more. Matt, do you have what do you have some pending comments here? Well, I mean, so I think we've got some other tips to get
1: into here but i i think another common mistake that people have is uh the job titles to hand out um early on right mm. like you mentioned like oh you need a cto yeah. well just because you found a random software developer who can write code that doesn't mean he's like qualified to be the cto of a company um he's just a software developer and You know, look up the definition between manager, director, VP, executive, and actually like take heart of that, right? Like a director usually manages multiple managers (laughs) and a CTO manages multiple directors, right? Like if you're is a team of one, you're just software developer. You're not CTO. You don't have like a hundred people to report to you. So just be careful with job titles because those people also expect to make way more money when you hand them out this bogus job title. And then uh, later on, when you actually need a real CTO, you've got this dude that you gave this fake job title that was never going to be able to do that role.
0: It's, well, it's kind of like in sales, you know, they, it, when it comes to discussing price, they always say start high because it's easier to drop your price than it is to raise yeah. it. And it's the same thing like with job titles. And you know, I think, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up, Matt, because it's not on our notes and it is very crucially important because we've run into that. You know, you give someone, you're like, just because you're first does not mean you're the director, the head, no. the chief. Uh, the, you know, the wizard, whatever you want to call it. And the problem is, is that can, like I said, backing out of that. Well, why do we need a CTO? I'm the CTO. What are you doing? Am I getting downgraded? Like it's, it's not a comfortable situation. So, okay. I got a good one, Matt. So when it comes to building a winning team, I, you got to find people that are proactive. You want action takers. You want people that don't settle for things not being done things being done poorly and and that don't allow important things to go unsolved well the big thing for me is i hate people that just bring me
1: problems you know how easy it is to find freaking problems it takes like zero effort you know how much effort it takes to solve the damn problem a lot right but that's what we need we need people who solve the problems Not people that just find problems to every damn thing and whine about they can't do their job because of the problems, especially when you're a startup. You need people that take action, get shit done, figure it out. Like We are all on uncharted territory on our way to
0: the North Pole or wherever the hell we're going, and we don't know how to get there, but we need people that are going to freaking figure it out. And you know, when you're going to build your team and, and a startup, that is a I, I think it you as you build it and you're talking to people and you're interviewing, recruiting, whatever it is that you're doing, I think it's really important to talk to those that are that are considering coming into your fold. And this is the way that conversation goes. Hey Matt, the, the one thing I just want to be upfront about is we're a new company, we're a startup. There are so many things that we're figuring out that we're defining that we're learning how to do so if you're used to or only comfortable coming into an environment where they already have a 400 page owner and operators manual that goes with the business if that's where you think you're going to thrive and not the other way around this might not be the right opportunity for you because some people do well in that spot and some people don't some people need to come in and have very well defined everything yeah. And some people are great at coming in and helping you figure it out.
1: Well, like I've got one guy on my team. He He's great, but he always whines about, well, we don't do this and we don't do that. And we don't do this and we should do this. I'm like, so just fucking do it. You're the manager. You're the leader where he's used to working in this big cog and machine that forced him to do all those things because he was in like this process where I'm like, if you think we need to do all things, just do them. But he doesn't do them. He just complains that we don't do them. Right. Like, it's just very frustrating. And
0: that's part of the issues you have as a small company. Well, I think that that leads into the next item I've got on the list, which is giving consideration to, you know, personalities and some of that, because those matter in small teams, you know, like if you're, if we work, Matt, if we work for Globo Corp and it has a hundred thousand employees, one person with a shitty attitude, I can lose that person in the building, right. Or something can occur, but if you have two people or four people or whatever on your team, Uh, And one of them sucks. That's a pretty high percentage of your company that sucks at that point. And, uh, you know, I think that the personalities and I I think a lot of people don't give consideration to that. So. You know, like it, it, I was doing, I did a job interview today, and I was t- talking to a lady, and I said, "Hey, look, you know why we have over two hundred employees in the Philippines, we only have five here, and so therefore, the way that people fit into our local unit and the way that the personalities mesh and all of that works together is very, very important, very important." Well, the the, the
1: biggest problem, so the the personalities and the culture and all that stuff is is really important. The the number one thing though is quickly finding the people that are like really negative and not productive and getting them the hell out as fast as possible because they're like a cancer. And, you know, we, philosophy. we had one of those, we had one of those at Stackify, and I know we've had, you know, one or two at full scale, even over time, Where it's like, you got these people, they just complain about everything. And then they complain to all the other employees and they're negative, all oh. the other employees, and all them, then then yeah. all the other employees are questioning, like, well, maybe I don't like working in here. Maybe, maybe this place does suck and whatever. And it's just because you got this one person that runs around all day, just bitches about everything in life. They're never going to be happy. They just happen to work for you. But even at their next job, they're not going to be happy either. They just fucking hate life, right? Like, we all know those people, right? And sadly, you can, we accidentally hire them, and they're just a cancer.
0: You can avoid hiring them because they're usually the people that show up and complain about all the other pe- places they've worked and people that yes. they've worked with. If yep. they do that, if you're getting that, if you're getting that in an interview process and the people are like, yo, fuck that place and all those people, they suck and whatever. What? That's what you're going to get. Yep. That's, That's what you're them. Get. Doesn't matter where they go. Yeah. They just hate life. And now they might've felt that way, but the people that have a good attitude move forward will say things like, you know what? It was a really great opportunity. It might, in the end, it, it probably wasn't a good fit for me, but I had a good time while I was there, yep. you know, like Totally. That's what, I mean that people. it is. It is. Now in regards to personalities <clears throat> um you know you have different personalities are going to do better at different kinds of jobs. Um it's just it's just psychology and it's proven fact. Like people that are highly driven, like you really extroverted people, uh, they're usually not highly organized and they're usually not interested in highly repetitive tasks where people that are introverted often are. So, you know, I'm not gonna get too far off track with that, but there is just like a gazillion search results on Google um, that kind of lead you to things. Like, uh, you know, like it just, there are certain types of jobs, roles, and tasks that have proven longevity and success with different personality types. Other things that you need to be aware of too when it comes to building a team is, all right, so I'm a 99 out of 100 on most tests when it comes to drive, which is not always a good mix with someone that's on the opposite side of that graph. So sometimes that's where those those mixes and there's all kinds of tools and personality inventories and things like that. They can kind of show you where someone's going to fit on a team.
1: Well, and so some of that, to your point, we talk about building the, the founders, right, is what are the goals, right? Like, so you want to like go to the moon, you want to be like ring the, the, the bell at Wall Street and all that, where you got your other founders, you're like, you know what, uh, we just want to make a couple dollars and have a job and a business that's profitable, we're good with that, where you're always the guy like, no, we want to. we're going to the moon, we're going to the moon, and everybody else is like, God, I hate this guy, he just won't shut up. We just wanna like chill and make money. And this guy, like he's driving us all nuts, right? Like you gotta, y'all gotta align and and be on the same page on those things, right? And some of that, it's the personalities
0: and the founders make sure everybody's on the same page. All right, so next in line here, Matt, not settling on filling positions temporarily. Um, There are some things that, okay, for example, You don't want to fill your accountant position temporarily because the amount of time it takes to get started and then maybe hand it off to someone else may exceed the actual time that it takes to get the work done. Um, there are on the flip side though, I, I want to challenge this point because sometimes you can bring consultants in, right, or people to do things in very short bursts that are very well suited for that. There are some things. All right so we just hired some sales consultants at full scale why i needed some help just kind of getting everything flowing in a certain direction tying the results of marketing together with sales and all of that and uh and it made a lot of sense to bring someone in on a six-month contract to help us do that we can always extend that contract trust me they're interested in it but i also if it doesn't work out or isn't going the way i need it to I don't have a really, really expensive full-time person to cut loose. Right. Um, or I didn't burn through a ton of money. Some positions you have, you're not going to know for a few months if anyone's any good. And you might be out of a hell of a lot of cash well, I, I, before you get part, through it. Part-time people
1: to, to kind of your point, like fractional part-time people, right? It's like, I don't need a full-time lawyer either, but I need one for $400 an hour or every once in a while. I don't need a full-time CFO, but I might need one fractional. But I I think the other part of this is just not settling for whoever you can find to do the job, right? I mean, it's one thing if you need somebody to sweep the floors, you're like, okay, whoever can come in and sweep the floors, fine. I can replace them and anybody else can come do it. But if it's like a really key position where you don't want to be like, man, we just need to find anybody to come do this job. It's not really a good place to be um, if, if you're just accepting whoever talent wise to come in and do it um especially if it's a yeah, critical
0: position. It, right and and that's that's case in point there. So like you use the janitor example, that's a transactional position. Like that you can submit, you can pick up the phone and make a simple transaction yeah. over the phone and have someone else come and do it and you probably won't notice it. But for your sales director, if the, there there's no point in having a temporary position. Now there's a difference between hiring a sales director and hiring a sales consultant. Those are different things. One person might be helping you figure out what you need or giving you just a different set of input. I am really becoming a huge fan of like the consultant uh, experience in some regards because like those can often be short deals and you see what you get They're you like it, you extend it. Yeah, they're experts. And, and people often say, you mentioned the $400 an hour lawyer, like, God, it's so expensive. You're not paying for that hour. You're paying for all the hours that were prior to yours, that that person spent learning that. So those people kind of people will give you more data, info and knowledge in an hour for 400 bucks than you're going to get in $12,000 of having someone a month full time.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So this next one I'm a big fan of, and it's something I've been talking about a lot internally at Full Scale. So don't build your team for a startup. Build the team as if you are the company you want to be, yes. not always the yep. company you are now. So, you know, Full Scale, we just had our th- our third birthday. Woo! Oh, that's right. We're Happy three, birthday! Man. Three, yeah, three years that's old. Right. 200 and, 220 employees. And all of a sudden we start looking at where we're growing and it's, it's very easy to have the blinders on. You're kind of servicing the now. And then all of a sudden, you know, I start looking around. I'm like, shit, we've been hiring 20 new people a month. Uh, so in one year, our company will be double a size. Can we even handle that? And part of it is you have to start preparing for being the company that you want to be well ahead of you arriving at being the company you right. want to be. Because if you're not preparing for that ahead of time, dude, you're never going to get there. Or if you do manage to get there, you are going to probably have an ungodly mess to clean up. We experienced some of that at full scale. It's from growing fast, right? So you got any input on that one? You know, it's always hard, right? Like
1: you're like, oh, we want to hire a sales team eventually, right? We want to have like five salespeople. But if you go hire like a VP of sales he may not be, he may not make phone calls. It might not be his thing. He might just train other people to make phone calls. Right. And yep. that that's the, that's the tricky thing you get into. You're like, oh, well, I hired a VP of sales, but he literally doesn't sell anything. He just manages other salespeople. So, and again, that's where the job titles thing comes in. And, and it, it can be tricky when you hire, cause it's almost like you don't want to hire a VP of sales. You want to hire a really good salesperson that you think could be your VP of sales. And you've got to kind of maybe coach them up a little bit and train them up to get them to be the VP. Like that's always the struggle of a startup is like that it, it's, it's filling those roles and the, the mixture of, of talent you really need.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, it's it, people say, was it the right time? You, you don't know. You don't know. If you're sitting around and waiting for the right time, you're going to find yourself missing a lot of opportunities as well. Cause guess what? The right time never comes. The right time's a myth, Matt, the right time. We tell ourselves it's not the right time because it's a subtle way of telling, of giving ourselves justification for not trying or quitting. And it's true. I mean, if you find yourself, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. There are cases where it truly, in fact, is not the right time. Matt, if you're going to have a baby next week, buying a new house, starting a new business and picking up a new car all tomorrow, uh, it might not be the right time, right? (laughs) Yeah. But maybe you need all of that because the new baby's coming. You don't know. It's right. situational. And you're not and and look, we never know if decisions are right or wrong until later. So you gotta just kind of accept that, make the decision, be prepared to not live with it and make a correction, an adjustment, a pivot. Uh what aren't we aren't we continually one pivot away from greatness, Matt? Absolutely. Absolutely. We maybe we need to revive that. Weren't we going to have like a t shirt line of of uh for startups? Because uh, what the world needs is another company that makes t shirts that say dumb shit on them. So Absolutely. then everybody, uh, we were spitting, your... we, we were spitting, we were spitting some things out. Steal it if you want it. One pivot away from greatness. There you go. <laughs> okay, so. You know, we're talking about building, uh, building a strong team. And I, look, I just uh, as a reminder, if you need help with your tech team, call us up. Reach out, fullscale.io. That's what we do. Because there are certain things that you may not be aware of. There are 350,000 open tech jobs in the United States. That means you're going to have a hard time finding people to fill your tech roles. So some of that, if you're not ready to pony up and pay market rate when whatever market you're in, you may need to consider other options. And I think that these are things that, you know, we specialize in, in, in building offshore teams, but those offshore teams work with local teams, creating a nice little hybrid blend, both for expenses, schedules, all of it, like be open. Don't tell yourself that the, the way is the way. And you, if, especially if it's a way you haven't tried or it's the only way you've tried.
1: There's only a certain amount of talent to go around.
0: True. Uh, well, Matt, just... when I first met when I first met you, you you weren't a big fan of offshore developers. It wasn't something nope. you had been experienced with, and now you now you own a company with me that employs hundreds of them.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: <clears throat> what What made you change the approach?
1: Trying it out, actually using it, um, getting the right model. You know, uh, doing it the right way. Um, You know, I was talking to somebody uh, last week that uh, Mm -hmm. also does some offshore stuff. And he immediately talked about like the three or four reasons it fails. And it's like the same problems that we, you know, figured out we had to solve at full scale. Right. And uh,
0: communication time zone and just literally hiring the wrong people.
1: Eliminating project managers that sit in the middle, um, stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: Oh, wait. So we did something right with our approach? We did. Figured it out. That's right. Yeah. By the way, our business, our, our approach to building full scale was pretty easy. We talked to all of our future employees. We talked to a bunch of people that were potential clients, and we asked them what they liked, what they didn't like. And then we just did the opposite of what they didn't like. Yep. And we built a successful business. It was pretty simple. Um, I think that's another thing we need to throw in here as we kind of get to the end of this, this episode is Look, don't, you got to be ready to to make adjustments. You got, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, who's not my favorite coach, because I don't like the Patriots, mainly because they beat the Chiefs. But, he, you know, he'll tell you, if you're waiting until halftime to make adjustments, you've waited too long. Like, you need to constantly be making adjustments. And if you want to build a winning team, you need to communicate with your team. You need to listen to your team. You, if you're the founder, you those people work with you, not for you. Like, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. Like, yeah, you don't work for me at full scale. You work with me. We just have different roles and responsibilities.
1: Well, and I and I know this kind of may sound bad, <laughs> but to continue to use the football analogy, you also want to always be kind of looking at how you can upgrade every position on the team. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you hate to think about it that way, but that's the truth, right? If you want to be the winning team, You got to have the best quarterback. You got to have the best left tackle. You got to have the best running back. Just because you have one today doesn't
0: mean there's not a better one out there. And, uh, And that might mean you need to be humble and smart and mature enough to step out of the way. Matt, you've actually sat at a table with me talking to investors that wanted to write big checks at full scale and heard me say, hey, look, if there's ever a point in which I'm not the best candidate or person to be the CEO of this company, I'll be the first person to not only bring it up, but the first person to get out of the way. Because we want the team to win. Right. That's it. Like, I'll be the janitor. I'm willing to do anything that we need to get done to win. And that doesn't mean I'll like it. Now, Matt, you know, today's episode was brought to us by Trinet. And, you know, go to Trinet.com. Thanks again for their sponsorship and involvement. I think when it comes to all this, I think that leaning on service providers like Trinet to handle these like little HR things, payroll, whatever, like don't spend your time messing around with that shit. Let companies like Trinet do it because your effort is better spent. You know, like there's the, the world has solved that problem. Meaning there are, you know, companies like Trinet that will help you hold the, the the things that hold your team together those little structure elements in the background they deal with that you know everything from payroll to all of it
1: well and think about if you we're in a remote world now where you have employees in multiple states right so if they can help you with dealing with employees in multiple states and all the yeah. legalities of all that like thank you thank you thank you
0: so, man, I'm, I'm in, here in a minute. I'm going to get back to building my own winning team. I'm just going 100 miles an hour. So, you know, we blazed through all the content here. Do you have any closing remarks for building a startup team? Uh, it's always hard. Like I mentioned earlier, it's
1: like, you know, the first person you hire, you want them to be the CTO, but they're not really the long term CTO. They're just a software developer, right? Or like at Stackify, we need to hire, say, a director of, operations or support or whatever it is, but like, we can't go hire somebody that would cost like $200,000 a year or that has like lots of experience. Like we can't afford that person. And it's like, instead we have to find somebody that is like good at their job, but we think they're ready to go to the next level of that. And you almost have to kind of coach them up because you think that they've got the, the capability to do it. And as a startup, I feel like that's what we have to do a lot of the times until we have the, like the, the revenues or the bankroll to really go hire <laughs> top tier talent you got to almost find like the second tier talent that you think you can grow into being top tier talent. Um, or the totally Swiss army good. knife. Yeah.
0: Yep. yeah. Or the Swiss army knife. Yeah. And I'm going to parlay onto that. Cause like I mentioned, I was doing a job interview Earlier today, I wasn't looking for a job. I was trying to hire someone just to get that out there. Um, But, uh, you know, I was asked, you know, well, is there a job description? I said, you know, we have so many things we need to do and get better at. I'm looking for people that are capable of doing some of those things. And then we'll begin to shape the role around that, you know, because while we can create certain Job, I think I find job descriptions and titles to be restrictive, especially in that early stage, kind of like you're mentioning, like, what's my job description to do whatever we need to do yeah. that needs to be done or to be successful. That's the job description for pretty much everyone that works for us. Now, uh, you know, and Jessica Powell, who is our director of strategic partnerships and helps coordinate this podcast is someone I hired. I said, look, there's three different paths that you're going to likely go down. We're going to try all of them and see which one really goes the best. And then we're going to point you at that and we'll backfill in the other spots. So, and that's okay. Cause when you have three people that are doing the job that nine people might need to do, that's just kind of the way it works. So yep. Matt, I'll see you next time. All right. Time to get back to the team. Later.